Uh, let's bring in Dan Deming. He's got the managing director at KCAM Financial. He's got uh, some thoughts on these numbers, I'd imagine, here today, as well as uh, what's going on and a few of the focal points for investors and traders this morning. Dan, welcome. Good Thursday morning to you. I want to start off here with the non-farm productivity and the unit labor costs, because while jobless claims, we did see a slight uptick as expected. This is a bit concerning here. I mean, you've got non-farm productivity slipping by 2.7%, well below expected 1.8% decline. But as I look at unit labor costs, I mean, 6.3%. Yeah. Uh, they were looking for five nine. That was up three, up from three three. Three threes revised higher as well. I mean, we're seeing uh, not what the Fed's necessarily hoping for here. Yeah, those two numbers caught my eye as well, Ben, uh, when I was looking through the release here. And uh, yeah, there's no question that, um, you know, that's that's a wrong, that's that's not the trend that you want to see. Yeah. It's interesting that we're seeing the futures actually bouncing off this. Now, I don't know if this it had to do with these numbers or if there was uh, the trade deficit, I know, uh, but because uh, certainly uh, the weekly jobless claims pretty much in line. So yeah, I'm, I'm uh, surprised a little bit by the reaction in the futures, but uh, because you would look at those numbers and say that both of them are not ideal when you look at uh, expectations moving forward. Okay, so we did have the trade balance as well, which came in, uh, well, more negative than anticipated. They were looking for down around 63.3 billion. It came in down 64.2. Prior down 70, revised 70.68, 8, it looks like, 6-0 now that I look. But uh, jobless claims here, a quick thought on it. Uh, maybe, again, as I mentioned earlier in the show, overshadowed by the number tomorrow, the monthly non-farm yeah. payrolls. But you mentioned this is in line with the trend we're seeing, a slight uptick here, 242,000, Dan. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, you know, holding up, uh, you know, the, near the top or, you know, the higher level here. So we'll see, um, you know, it's not too much outside of the box currently, Ben, where we have been. Uh, the interesting dynamic, I guess, would be that the ADP number, I think, came in stronger yeah. than expected. Now, that's typically, I mean, it doesn't necessarily represent what uh, the non-farm payrolls is uh, going to be, but we do have that number already in the books. So that's something that the market is already considering moving into tomorrow's data point as far as unemployment. So today, yeah, the number being in line and really, as you pointed out, probably the focus will be tomorrow as well as some of the other things the market's contending with right now. Dan, we've been talking a lot about some of the headlines, focal points for investors and traders. We head into the cash open, and none of it really explains what we saw in the overnight session in terms of crude. I'm wondering if you can help us with that. I did see China, the Caxon number came in below 50. Uh, some disappointment there, obviously. But, uh, uh, I mean, what's behind some of the volatility? I mentioned we're about $5 off the lows that we saw. Yeah, I know. I did see that spike lower. Yeah, down to what the around the sixty-three level. Yeah, then? sixty-three, yes. sixty-four was the overnight low. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean we've it's come back now, and it's actually up slightly on mm -hmm. the session. Mm -hmm. But uh, I guess, you know, it appears that just there's just a lot of nervousness uh, surrounding uh, the economic activity in China. I believe that's one of the big drivers here. Um, also, global uh, dynamics. And, and, you know, certainly, I think, again, you know, you, we can't uh, I don't think it has to be enunciated that this banking situation is going to linger and it's going to create volatility and it's going to create uncertainty. And even though the Fed chairman kind of uh, basically said that the banks are stronger than they were in March, um, you know, we're continuing to see the fallout from some of these news items breaking and the impact in the market. So that could be another chip, I guess, uh, that is, uh, uh, you know, shifting the expectations from an economic activity standpoint moving forward, because that could certainly impact, uh, 
consumer behavior and other things if this thing continues to unfold in a negative fashion. Yeah, Fed Chair Jerome Powell did address some of the headwinds that uh, we could see in terms of lending as a result there. Yes, um, again, that's another great point, Ben. You know, and uh, as we try and combat inflation, obviously that's an effort. Uh, the Fed, the raise that we saw yesterday, still trying to do so. Talk to us about price of the pump. I mean, stubbornly yeah. elevated. Uh, it's tough to see Powell cutting with the national average still around 350. I mean, in Chicago here, around four and a quarter, if you're lucky, right? Uh, you're going to feel it when you're filling up your tank, 70 $75 at a crack. I mean, ultimately, that's still a weight, a headwind. Uh, forget about the loans. Uh, I mean, consumer sentiment ultimately directly tied to this. It is, Ben. It's, ben that's, a, that's another fascinating point you just brought up, because if you look at RBOB, it just it's testing the February lows mm -hmm. at around two spot three three. So it's come off significantly in the last month from those peak mm -hmm. uh, levels in early April. And now we're trading at the low end of the range for 2023. So you would expect that you're going to see uh, gasoline prices kind of work their way lower if this is going to hold down here. And I guess right now, if they continue to maintain this upper level, that there's quite a spread being captured there somewhere by somebody. Mm. But uh, the pressure appears to be on the downside for uh, crude prices and crude products, and uh, maybe it just hasn't worked its way through the, uh, the pricing structure at the pump. But uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, that is another pseudo tax that that uh, we've had to contend with periodically, not only this year but also last year. Uh, and the dynamic is still uh, impacting consumer spending. It's going to have uh, probably an impact on uh, discretionary spending. But the trend that is there now, in our Bob at least, that you would think that you'll see those prices uh, work their way lower if we hold down at this lower end of the range. Yeah, you know, back in the middle of April when we were watching our Bob, uh, basically it was a new high for the year. Yeah. Uh, what you were talking about there, up around 282.90, crude lagging quite a bit to say the least, uh, as it was uh, limited in terms of participation to the upside. Actually, crude was just coming off that $65 level. So all of this intraday volatility we're seeing, as we've been describing it, Dan, providing some uh, opportunity on that more granular time frame. But here you can see on these two products, Arbob on the left, crude on the right, not a lot of trend in terms of, still very relatively contained and range bound. Talk to us about speaking of uh, intraday volatility and some overnight activity to keep an eye on into the open this morning. Gold, I mean, I've been joking with you about how you can throw a dart and hit something bullish uh, in terms of a you know, contributing factor to some of the upside momentum we've seen there. Got the dollar down recently back into these near low prints here for the year below 101. It's slightly higher right now, back around 101.50 for the index, 101.30 for the futures. But gold, obviously, uh, kind of still knocking on that door. The August 2020 highs we saw up around 2090. Yeah, it, it certainly is, Ben. And, you know, it appears that uh, with all the shifting dynamics and some of the um, things the market's contending with, uh, I, I think that, you know, this regional bank thing is having an impact on the dollar. Uh, the U.S. has many more banks than any other country in the world. So if we continue to see some challenging uh, environment for the banking sector here in the U.S., that doesn't necessarily bode well for the dollar. And also the debt ceiling is probably another mm -hmm. facet, keeping the dollar a little bit un. un uh, you know, under pressure right now. And so market participants are looking for alternative store value. And gold seems to be the, the product of choice right now. Uh, certainly, we're continuing to see that now, as you said, uh, you know, pushing up to what an uh, intraday high of 2065. So uh, 
Yeah, we're holding here at the top end of the range uh, going back to March of last year, and it, it could potentially even take out that level, as you mentioned. And so uh, that seems to be one area where money's flowing. Also, the other big area where money seems to be flowing, and it continues today, uh, is within the Treasury markets, as we're seeing yields you know, working their way lower, um, at least going into some of these data points this morning. So we'll see how that plays out today as well. Yeah, we were talking about that uh, a minute ago in terms of the two-year from near 4.1 yes. back down to 3.85 here. And I think all of this probably a reflection of Janet Yellen kind of raising some of those concerns, debt ceiling concerns, earlier in the week, talking about the June 1st deadline. And yep. Dan, appreciate you joining us here. So I'll look at a couple data right, points. And we're talking here uh, what's going on in terms of commodities. Dan Deming, the managing director at KCAM Financial.